I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week we're taking a look at The Iron-Fisted Monk from 1977, written, directed, produced, and starring Sammo Hung. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although it's cool, he's actually, I think we'll get into it in a minute, but he's uh, credited as Hung Ching Pao in this. He's not, I guess he's not quite Sammo Hung yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. His first release. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like his, uh, he's also known in the industry as uh, Hong Cambo, uh, yeah, and, or Samo Hong Cambo, and um, he's got a lot of names. Is... Even you know, just from the beginning, as a, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. No. What's also really cool, like yeah, late like mid to late seventies, like Hong Kong stuff. It's like it can be really in, inconsistent how things are romanized. Sometimes it's romanized in more of like a based on like a mandarin pronunciation and sometimes it's like uh, yeah things <laughs> just get creative i've seen <laughs> like you know like jackie chan written with a y you know sure yeah <laughs> older stuff yeah um but yeah we can we can talk a little bit about samuel hung since you know we've covered him before and we mm-hmm. talked about him a lot but we never really had like hey who's samuel hung because i guess we just assume everybody that's listening to this podcast would know, right? <laughs> sure. Or I mean, I think we talked a little bit about the background that Samo and Jackie Chan and Yoon Byu and all the Seven Little Fortunes had at right. the Peking Opera School of uh, Master, uh, is it uh, Yoo Jim Yoon? Yoo Jim Yoon. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but but yeah, we we should put some spotlight on Mr. Samo. Sure. So Samo, as a child, um, he's actually uh got like a film lineage so both his parents were involved in the film industry in hong kong and his grandmother his her name is uh chi siang she actually was like the first female star in chinese cinema so he's got this kind of golden lineage uh to live up to and he sure has i'm sure he's made his family proud so as a as a child he joined the peking opera and became one of the uh seven uh seven little luck- fortunes yeah the seven little fortunes i've seen it as seven lucky stars i think something similar to that well, yeah because that's all well. of the, that's all those movies that are lucky stars and, like, there's seven like, little lucky stars and yeah seven little stars i think too but anyway so yeah so he kind of was like the i guess if you would think of the kids like there was like like the little rascals he was like the the tough leader Oh, yeah, rascals. yeah, he's like a spanky McFarlane. He was like Big Big Brother as well. Yeah, that's one of his other names. Yeah. yeah, and uh, he was Yun Lung as uh, in his group. So I think Jackie was Yun Lo. Yeah, think Yun that was Lo. His name? So yeah, that was like a tradition of taking on um, the name of of the master of your school. So uh, Yu Jim Yun, who's not from the Simon Yun Yun Wu Ping clan, but they all kind of. They were all sort of uh, all sort of friendly, but uh, yeah. So Yoon Byu uh, took the name and kind of kept it through his whole career, and both Jackie and Sammo, you know, kind of found their own nicknames as they went along. Yeah. So the Seven Little Fortunes were kind of like this 
performing group that would end up being kind of rented out to movie companies to like be in the movies just like as kind of like a I don't know like like in come yeah, drinks like with me there's the little yeah. kids that are singing and stuff something yeah or like <laughs> just performing stunts in the background and but that kind of led Samo to have an interest in being in film so like as a teenager he actually um started to perform stunts in movies and as a teenager he actually like I mentioned come drink with me but he's like I think he's an assistant fight choreographer in that film. That's something I didn't know when yeah, we covered the movie, right. but that's something I learned, uh, mm. you know, over the course of the podcast. So, yeah, that dude's got, like, solid roots in Hong Kong cinema. As he grew, you know, he kind of started to uh, take an interest in the stuff behind the camera as well. So that kind of stuff would lead to, you know, what what we... I, I would say if you're interested in Samuel Hong, you know him as an actor in front of the camera, but you also know him as a director behind yeah. the camera. And, and as an action director and choreographer, I mean, I think all in all, Samo is one of the most important um, Hong Kong action directors uh, and choreographers that there probably ever was. I mean, when you just look at the whole of his output and how diverse it is. Um, and we'll see even here in his very first, uh, the very first film that he directed, it's, as you get into the the fight sequences and the direction of the fight sequences, it's just so confident and powerful and holds up remarkably well this many years later. Yeah. And this, like you said, is 1977. So I think that anyone that's interested in uh, Hong Kong cinema or just Kung Fu movies or anything like that, you know, they've seen Enter the Dragon. So I would think whether you knew it or not, (laughs) the first time anyone's seen Samo Mm -hmm. was on, it was in Enter the Dragon. So the first, scene between bruce lee and his opponent that's actually samuel hong and uh it's always a fun thing i think a lot of people that are that will be listening to the podcast know that but it's a really fun thing to tell people that are maybe getting into it so and when you think of the kind of like fun like uh playground arguments you might get into it's like oh who would beat up bruce lee or whatever but supposedly (laughs) behind the scenes i mean samuel was uh, not only well loved but well feared as like a prodigious like martial arts force like outside of filmmaking he, he was seen as just really powerful like in his martial arts and um yeah Bruce, yeah Bruce Lee definitely uh held Samo in really yeah really high regard and that's another thing that maybe we just take for granted but if you see Samo Hung you don't picture a martial arts or, or an athlete you know you just kind of see this <laughs> yeah. kind of portly guy but yeah at the same time if you watch any of his films he's flipping almost more than everyone else and right. one thing i always think about is um you know i love wheels on mules and uh benny the jet they there's an interview with him talking about it and one of the things he mentions is when he saw samo he's like oh who is this guy but then once he saw him perform <laughs> he realized oh my god like the power behind this guy to be able to move the way he does in right. like his stature that really says a lot about him as mm-hmm. a martial artist so it, yeah that's a really cool thing so and and i was thinking about analogs like i like fighting games right and you don't sure. really encounter that kind of analog there are a couple of fighting game characters that i think of one is his name is chang sinzan he's from fatal fury and he's like this really fat uh martial artist character but i think a better representation of Samo Hong, which doesn't look like him, but I think spiritually 
is like Samuel Hung is a character named Bob in Tekken who is a mm. he's like a very like devout martial artist but uh, he actually gained weight so he could be more powerful and <laughs> if you see him oh, in the cool. game he's like this kind of bigger dude but he like moves like Samuel moves in his films so that's kind of cool I well like yeah that. I sort of feel like it uh, in Samuel's uh, on-screen career it's it's that philosophy that uh, you hear so many times from um, from individuals that are have been made outsiders for whatever reason, whether it's your size or your color or your cultural background, which is that like you have to be twice as good as the competition, you know, to mm, stand yes. out. And with Samo, like like you'd say in a business where you do judge things based on their looks. Uh, and especially when you're talking about, uh, you know, action stars, you're judging them by their size and how trim they are. Uh, Samo does go out of his way in almost every performance to, uh, to kind of prove whatever stereotypes you might have about him wrong. And, uh, like you say, it's like, he's flipping more than anybody else. He, uh, he puts more into any sequence than anybody that I, I can think of. I just love watching a Sam Hung fight. Yeah. And, and going towards this movie, the iron fisted monk, it's really cool. Cause it's 1977. We're right on the edge of this, uh, Kung Fu comedy boom. And although I wouldn't call this necessarily a Kung Fu comedy, you do see like the prototypical, things that would come to be popular in it and you do get a good sense of his eye as a fight yeah. director behind the camera and in front of the camera and it, it's really yeah there's some really really good uh fight sequences in this film and i would yeah i would say like it, it it's on amazon prime i do have a dvd that i think it's like early 2000s 20th century fox release of it. yeah so yeah that's the fortune star it. yeah yeah. For, yeah fortune star yes so yeah I'd, I'd highly recommend it yeah it's a fun movie and i if it doesn't feel like it's from 1977 it feels a lot more like the early 80s movies that we got into with uh with jackie chan and oh sure and everything yeah. it doesn't feel as i mean obviously it's not shaw brothers but it doesn't feel as shaw brothers e as a lot of other 70s movies that we've seen so far i feel that does have to do a lot with the energy of the fighting in this movie Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, we should say that for a good chunk of Samo's career, he was a Golden Harvest man um, yeah. and had a long running contract with the company. Uh, we've got to shout out Mr. Raymond Chow, who yeah. really sadly uh, passed away just this just this week. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just week of recording. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I kind of reminded of, uh, well, it was probably almost a couple decades a couple decades ago now when um you know when we lost the the head of Shaw Brothers studio so it's yeah times are times are changing yeah. for sure but yeah i mean uh you just we don't we would not have the hong kong cinema that we that we love without raymond chow and all the great golden harvest movies oh yeah there's there's no way in the world we'd be doing this podcast because <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he's the part of the reason why Bruce Lee even came to you know came to America and that's yeah, why exactly. anyone in America cares about Chinese cinema I'd say is because well that's the, that's the cool thing about like with Raymond Chow it's like ultimately why Bruce went with Raymond is he actually talked with Shaw Brothers first and Run Run Shaw was basically going to give him the contract he would give anybody else which is uh, <laughs> not of 
not a very um not a very friendly contract in terms of compensation but also you know demanding quite a lot of uh quite a lot of participation in quite a lot of films and uh Raymond Chow just gave him a pretty pretty uh blank canvas and you feel that here with with Samo's debut you know it's it's definitely a product of its time but uh you're already seeing you're already seeing his unique voice and there's a lot about this movie that reflects his upbringing in the Peking Opera School uh you know he situates it in this Shaolin monastery but it looks a lot more like you know teen like i don't know prepubescent teens yeah. in a Peking Opera than it does like a the kind of uh monastery you'd see in like a Lao Garlong movie or something oh yeah yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And back to Raymond Chow, you know, like he he had roots in the Shaw Brothers, you know, so like similar to how he kind right of on, courted yeah. Bruce Lee and created this whole other thing because of that with Golden Harvest, you know, like he kind of was in Shaw Brothers and he kind of realized, oh, I want to do this other stuff on my own. And he made Golden Harvest. And yeah, yeah. we Man, it's so crazy. Like I was like, this should affect me. I was surprised that it affected me as much as it did, you know, thinking about it and thinking about all this stuff that I like. And, you know, it's really thanks to the pioneering moves that he did, even Ninja Turtles, you know, like, yeah, 100%. yeah that's right. we, we wouldn't have gotten that first film and that wouldn't have created this, oh, you know, added fuel to this kind of already <laughs> burning <laughs> yeah, this, like, cultural sensation. Fire. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was weird. This is the first time that I was, hearing that great timpani golden harvest opening uh since he died and it's yeah it it hits you hard now I think that we should jump into the movie then, but first let's take a look at the back of the VHS. For over a thousand years, the mysterious Shaolin have honed their skills in martial arts, hidden away from the common man. However, nothing lasts forever, and one monk makes his way out into the world to spread the gift of strength. Now, as the ruthless Manchu strengthen their grip over the men of China, our wandering hero gathers his students to exact the purity of revenge only Buddha can bless you with. Raymond Chow presents the directorial debut of Sammo Hung, spotlighting some of China's greatest heroes. The three virtues of Shaolin are coming for the Manchu, and nothing can stop him in The Iron-Fisted Monk. Buddha bless you. So this movie starts like so many other so many other movies of this era start with two uh two characters fighting in a Shaolin monastery um <laughs> yeah. but but it's funny because uh, of course it's Samo but the person that he's fighting actually isn't really like the main character of of the movie he's kind of a he's kind right. of like a cameo right he's yeah like so a... this other uh Shaolin monk that we see fighting is Casanova Wong and he's of Korean descent, he's known as a really powerful taekwondo martial yeah, artist. Big, big kicker. He was like, yeah, really yeah. famous for his kicking. And he's kind of known for a film called Warriors 2, which Samuel also is involved with. So yeah. it's really cool to see, yeah, then this fight scene, you get this nice open area between uh, the Shaolin buildings, but the camera work is actually pretty dynamic. It's much more dynamic than I expected it to be. It's just some really cool pans 
between the two. And there's some really nice uh, posing, like these kind of nice still shots of them posing together. It's uh, it's awesome. I really like this opening scene. And and it's also cool what Samo does with the story. He did he did have a hand in the um, the story, or at least the kind of story concept for the movie. Um, it plays with the chronology in a way that you might not expect. Uh, you start off in the monastery and they don't really hold your hand all that much with the background of these characters. But uh, as it turns out, Samo is not a typical Shaolin, Shaolin monk. And we uh, probably about maybe 10 or 15 minutes into the movie, we get a little flashback and or in sort of why he's there. But uh, I think they do a good job right from the drop kind of depicting that he's he's a little bit of uh, kind of an odd duck in this setting. Yeah, so it's kind of like, uh, you know, we've got in the timeline of this film, we've got uh, 36 Chamber of Shaolin mm-hmm. and 78. Right. And yeah, just a year later. Yeah, this kind of takes place, it's almost in its own way like a sequel to 36 Chamber. Yeah. Because... You're introduced to Sanda, who is the titular iron-fisted monk in this film. And in 36th Chamber of Shaolin, he ends up recruiting the character that is played here by Samo Hong. So you're kind of getting his perspective on and his growth as a Shaolin fighter. So it's kind of cool seeing, you know, the same thing, but different. You know, it's like different perspective of this story. You don't get the amazing, like training sequences but um sure you do get the amazing fight sequences in this film mm-hmm. uh, one thing that's cool that we get to see too is someone is uh training with like the the iron rings around their their arms oh, yeah and it's yeah. just cool seeing that obviously you know that's existed for a long time but it's crazy seeing that prominently in the intro for a movie before 36 chamber of shaolin and i feel yep. like that's like that's like the most famous instance of someone training with iron rings and probably all of cinema yeah you know it's cool it's like i wouldn't say that iron fisted monk was kind of like a, a forgotten or neglected film but yeah, it's it's important to note that this is before Snake and the Eagle's Shadow and before 36 Chamber of Shaolin, which I think together are seen as maybe the most kind of important like revolution in Hong Kong Kung Fu mm-hmm. cinema. Yeah. And whatever you would say, I think you could you can totally argue that Samo's Samo's ready to go toe to toe with those filmmakers kind of before those movies are even are even released and um and when you see his output after the fact he's he's ready to just fully embrace and he ends up i would say leaning more towards the the kung fu comedy the kung fu comedy route that you know jackie and yun will ping kind of put together but there's some there's some good moments yeah it's a less outright sort of uh comedy but there's a lot of silliness and goofiness and oh um, sure yeah, right at the end of yeah. this kind of intro sequence, you have Samo's character. He's training alongside everyone else, and he kind of challenges his instructor, who is played by James Tian, who has come up in around yeah, the same great. time. And he ends up being um, in, I think he's in Fist of Fury. He's in some Bruce Lee films. He's in The Big Boss, I think, he, and yeah. The Fist of Fury, yeah. Right. So this is type of, a type of cameo from him, and uh, the end of that... Uh, sequence of them fighting is kind of funny because it ends with this kind of big bong of him like (laughs) (laughs) dropping him onto the ground (laughs) so you kind of get this kind of fighting montage punctuated by this comedic 
uh, ending. So it's kind of an interesting thing when you think of Samo's trajectory here. <laughs> yeah, totally. One, I also like how the monks are depicted. This movie, uh, I think it strikes a really great balance where it's not casting aspersions on the monks or their their Buddhism or anything, but I feel like it, it treats them very... I don't know, kind of even-handedly and realistically. And it's like some of these monks are kind of flawed. They do actually experience human temptation, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not kind of these two-dimensional statues or something. And like we saw in uh, Broken Oath, he's he's the one guy at the Shaolin Temple that doesn't have a shaved head. Which <laughs> yeah, is and he's wearing funny. a different a different color tunic, which is really yeah important too. In case in case you're like, which one is Sama? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, as if he doesn't stand out in any other way. Uh, yeah, in this in this next little bit, we get to see the we get to see kind of his background, which is again, it's cool because. It saw you see him like laying down to sleep, and then it just cuts to this other scene. And I was thinking, is this a flashback? And it's nice because I feel like a lot of these movies, you know, they'll do a red filter for something that happened three minutes ago. So yeah, <laughs> like I said, it doesn't doesn't hold your hand, which is which is kind of nice. Yeah, it's clear that it's like uh, we were talking a little bit before rolling that I think uh, similar to some of Lal Garlung's early movies, where there's there's a little bit of uh almost like naivete or something about yeah you know you get the sense i mean a lot of these a lot of these uh amazing you know physical martial arts performers did actually grow up in a somewhat more sheltered way and this movie is definitely i would say a lot less cosmopolitan and worldwide than later sammo films which makes sense but it's also clear that sammo grew up loving movies and uh, being exposed to great cinema. And there's a confidence with how the movie opens and when the flashback happens and when you get the backstory that I, I don't know, I think is really refreshing and really kind of stands out compared to, um, you know, say other Shaw brothers films of the period. Honestly, even when we were talking about 36 chamber, I, I mean, I love the movie, but I could easily see someone criticizing the structure of 36 chamber how much time you're spending spending before Sanda like gets to the temple, and it's a yeah. little bit unclear like what what movie you're in, mm. uh, and, and that's yeah. yeah not the case here. Yeah. So in this flashback, you see uh, what we're expecting. You know, how are we gonna get to the revenge, guys? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's in there um, somewhere. Yeah. Um, Samo's character is working in a shop and. Uh, there's an old shop owner and you see that there are some young men that arrive and they start to hassle them and uh, it escalates and you find out that these guys are Manchu, similar to... Manchu, Manchu, Manchu. Yeah. That's one of my, fav- <laughs> my favorite lines in the dub. <laughs> oh, oh, <good>. Nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, things escalate. And yeah. Samuel's like witnessing this and uh, he kind of gets wrapped up in it too, but... He feels bad because they end up attacking his uh, the elderly shop owner and he isn't able to help him like he wants. And in the midst of him trying to fight them, uh, he gets overpowered and you see a character that we'll come to know is Sanda himself. So this is similar to the end of 36 Chamber where Sanda is kind of back amongst the people and he's witnessing yeah. the hardships that they're uh uh, having to deal with and wants to help so 
he does this with uh, Simon Hong's character, who they refer to as Luck in the subtitle version. I don't know. Do they say it's interesting? It's, the there's dub? a couple of names. They call him Hawker in the in uh, this I, dub version. I listen. They call him but Husker. There's also Husker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that means he, like like that's like his job. Right. Yeah. So Samuel's playing the kind of character that some people come to know as like the Rice Husker, or sometimes you see Rice Miller Six, which. Honestly, I, I don't know enough about, but I've seen, and actually in 36 Chamber of Shaolin, he's in the film played by Wong Yu, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, so, I think you're right. Um, yeah, he's a weird character. These... They, they introduce a new character with like 10 minutes left in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, so, right. Makes a little more sense right. that he's like another kind of legendary part of the Sanda story. Yep. So uh, Sanda shows up and he really owns these guys. It's really cool. He's using kind of like the tool that... Uh, Samuel's character was using to ground down some flour to attack them, and he kind of ties them up in a knot with their own arms. I love when he has like the three guys, and he's like holding them all together with one arm, and then he gets the fourth guy tied up also with their (laughs) arms. Oh, it's so good. It's really cool. So um, he he shows up and he saves the day, and he lets Samuel know, hey, you know, you should go to Shaolin. You'll be able to. learn to have the strength to help people with that yeah. and i should say he's played by chan singh who he's has a really cool look like he's got this really burly man kind of I build know. to him he's like, broad yeah. shoulder very muscly and and yeah very very like prominent teeth and just yeah. yeah really unique look and not the typical i would say like kind of monk like yeah, bone structure because of course Sanda before we most famously see all, saw him as Gordon Liu and Gordon Liu's you know he's crazy he's like strong a, but he's definitely yeah, like wiry he's, like a, he's a lot right, skinnier right. and this dude's beefy <laughs> like late at the yeah. near the end of the movie he, he finally takes his shirt off and I'm like whoa dude oh, damn yeah I was I was thinking he's like a fist of the North Star version of Sanda <laughs> <laughs> yeah but and he also has this kind of goofy he's face, a little more merciful really than cool. uh, yeah. than Ken but yeah (laughs) (laughs) and yeah i like how the flashback ends too it's it doesn't it doesn't sort of unnecessarily hold your hand it's like and then i went to the temple and then i agree it just i think it like weaves the scene at like a really nice yeah really nice moment yeah so with that he wakes up and everybody's still asleep and he's thinking like oh man i got it i'm fired up by my like my dream of revenge like this is i'm trained now like i should go and do this so he kind of tries to sneak away. It's funny. He sees like a dog running and the dog <laughs> yeah, like finds great. a little hole in the wall. And he's like, yeah, he like finds yeah. that hole. And there's a shot of him nodding. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah. And then in the dub, they sort of insinuate that it's like a doggy door that like the monks made for the dog to get. Oh, into. <laughs> okay. Nice. Um, and it's like, he's, it's yeah. He just has like a cool attitude about it. I'll just take that doggy door. Um, <laughs> so but then, he's like, what, yeah, this this next scene is maybe one of my favorite scenes. I just yeah. Love oh, it's really it. cool. Yeah. So he's walking through the forest on his way out. He looks very happy. And what ha- <laughs> what happens is James Tian, the instructor, shows up and he's like, "Hey, man, like you can't leave." And he's like, "Oh, hey." And, but it's funny. There's also like some monks standing behind him. And one of them is very obviously Xiao Hou that we've seen like in uh, yeah uh, exe- uh, 
yeah, executioners. Oh wait, no, no, no. It's uh, del uh, deadly weapon. Legendary weapons, Legendary weapons of China. China. Thank yeah. you. Oh, I almost <laughs> didn't get through that. But he's like made up to be like an old man. And he's like the youngest <laughs> yeah. looking dude to have old man makeup on. <laughs> it's uh, awesome. Yeah. But yeah, this is really cool because they do this thing similar to 36 Chamber where it's like we have to punish you. But by punishing you, we're kind of giving you what you want. So yeah, like we're yeah. going to have to give you four final lessons. And... uh James Tian's character ends up fighting Samo and he's teaching him these different techniques. And uh, you can tell Samo's very grateful for the lesson at yeah. the end. Yeah, it's really nice. It's like remember to block like above and below. And, and then also the, the punishment really is that he's expelled from the monastery and wouldn't be able to come back, which like you're saying, that is really what he, that is the choice he wants to make. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I love that. It's like, hey, you're running away. Your punishment you have to run away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And leaving him with these these parting words. Um, I don't know. What I love about this movie is it, it does have this revenge plot, or I guess I would say it tries to have a revenge-motivated plot. But I do think Samo's, the, the sweet side of Samo's nature like keeps <laughs> poking through. There's a, there's a moment in the Fortune Star dub later on um, when Chan Sing's monk character is trying to talk to him. So it's like, what's wrong? And he's like, I'm sorry, but I want my revenge. And he's just saying <laughs> it in like the sweetest way possible. You know, it's not that kind of like that sort of thing that, you know, Tarantino loves that like, oh, I saw red and it's like, these people must die. Yeah. There's none of, there's none of that. Yeah, know? no. <laughs> dee, dee, dee. Yeah, exactly. None of that happens. <laughs> So yeah, he's he's on his way now. And we get the next scene where uh, we're introduced to what will be another main character in the film. His name is Liang in the film. And he's mm -hmm. played by Lo Hoi Peng. So did you guys think, wow, this guy looks a lot like Samuel? <laughs> that's how I felt. I'm like, this dude yeah. looks like he's like brothers with Samuel. Like <laughs> they could be interchangeable. He yeah, does have a wrong. similar look. What I will say about uh, Lo Hoi Pang in this movie, he's going for the Oscar. Oh yeah, he's he's chewing um, on some scenery in this. Oh, like, I mean, I yeah, mean, Samo gives him some dramatic yeah, stuff to yeah. to do, but he <laughs> there's a chance he might take it further than. <laughs> Uh, than any man has taken it before. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm actually kind of sad that I didn't watch the dub before this because I bet that, yeah, his the dramatic readings of these lines might be pretty crazy mm -hmm. too. But yeah, so you see him and he works in a like a dyeing like plant, I guess, where they dye yeah. fabric, and that becomes a big focal point of the film. And yeah. he's making his way, and he bumps into his sister. Oh, excuse me. No, this is, a good, this is a good time to feel a little, uh, a little awkward. So. <laughs> right. So he bumps yes. into his sister and they're making their way. But you also see uh, the Manchu again. So now we get to see some familiar faces from the podcast again. Yeah. So we yeah. have uh, Dean Sheck, who's like... He's playing the uh, Dean Sheck. Yeah, he's, yeah, playing, he's, he's playing the exact yeah. same character he played last time we saw him. If, yeah. if you ever seen him in a movie, you've seen him in this film. So yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you also have Harkon Fung, who seems like the ringleader oh of these Manchu. And he's characterized with having like a ponytail and he's always holding a fan. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, he's sort of like the vicious like 
um, spoiled prints of yeah. these like Manchus. And honestly, this is one of his juiciest parts. Um, mm-hmm. Oh man, you love yeah. to hate hate you love to hate him in this movie, but yeah. boy, yeah, Har Kung Fu is so great. And he gets he gets to have some great uh, fight material at the very end of the movie too. He does. We don't oh, really yeah. see from him. Yeah, Har Kung Fu is like he's just he's just like kind of I don't know. In my mind, he's like one of the quintessential like there's like two or three quintessential kung fu movie villains. One is yeah. like the 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 white eye long white eyebrows and stuff like like yeah in, um, like Huang Zhengli or yeah something yeah. Um, and the other one is is this guy <laughs> with like the yeah. you know like he's very proper and stuff, but he's also you know a horrible monster. He is a monster. So yeah, yeah, what we've got here is another motivation for revenge. So the Manchu bump into Liang's sister. And what happens here is pretty, pretty scary stuff. So, uh, yeah. Harkon Fung's character, who I never really got a name out of him, but, um, the, I didn't pick one the, up uh, either. <laughs> the, the, the little trigger warning, I guess. Um, the, the credit <laughs> on Hong Kong movie database is rapist official. Oh yeah. Oh, that, that makes sense. Sure. And that is that the most prominent. Yeah. Really is that? Yeah. That is the most prominent <laughs> yeah. thing that he does in the movie. So yeah. This, um, so they bump what, into her. Oh, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no. I'm just saying if, if you do pick up the DVD in the States, it is rated R uh, and it's, it's because of this material. Editor's note. After recording this podcast, we realized that the Amazon version that Marty and I watched cuts out the more explicit parts of this scene than the DVD version Carlos watched. It's not, say, graphic on screen in, 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 in say, like something like Oily Maniac, but there is a, it's a, yeah, it's a very prolonged. It's too long. Yeah. yeah it's way too <laughs> but, long. <laughs> but yeah, so like this is what happens, you know, like this is, this is a sad thing. Like he ends up assaulting uh, Liang's sister and they in the middle of it you know they kind of uh, he's got all his thugs backing him up too so they right. kind of hold including the whole dean check who's like, yeah yeah hostage kind of scum um it, yeah. I, I should say too yeah when this movie was released i i read that it was released in hong kong and they have a rating system there that's a bit different but it's like in categories so this was a category three which oh, is right. like a rated r so anybody going to see the movie kind of knew that it was mm-hmm. rated R and I mean, whatever. Anyways, so this yeah. is really dramatic and kind of longer than it needs to be. Yeah. But yeah, it happens. And here we have our next motivation for yeah. uh, the heroes of this film. Yeah. And and again, it's funny because it goes this super dramatic scene where like the sister kills herself after the assault and like everyone's crying and super sad. And then we yeah. see a bunch of dumb kids playing hacky sack in the street. <laughs> And yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Like there, uh, like the two prominent tones in the movie, I would say, are like intense, like high drama, almost trying to approach some kind of like Shakespearean drama, like sexual assault tragedy, sure, and then yeah. kind of very innocent, silly, yeah, kid goofiness. And there's not much that bridges them. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah. it's yeah, it's it's really. Interesting. We should like also we... say she she kills herself with scissors. Yeah, to with the scissors. Stomach. Oof. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Again, this is it's rough. And then... Oh, and then the the other rough part is that when her brother's coming back and he's asking her like, "Who did this? Who did this?" And I will say that it's like they definitely love her and they're upset 
for her it's not like disrespectful in that way yeah. but he's like who did this who did this and he keeps slapping her to try to get her to say it. <laughs> who did it he's like whoa dude <laughs> oh no uh, uh, but like yeah, you said so- the, the, the next that threat is so incredibly you know like horrible and real and then the next scene the threat is it's a bunch of kids playing and the man shoes are cutting off their ponytails and dangling yeah. in front of them and stealing their toy and stuff it's right. just that's that's a, actually my another favorite moment from the dub is one of the little kid voices um <laughs> and i think they had one kid actor and then there was like a woman doing yeah, two like, very clearly just a woman yeah. trying to sound like a kid like but there's a great line when um, one of the man shoes cuts off the braid and he says <laughs> <laughs> It took me back to the English dub of uh, Rumble in the Bronx where he's like, my cushion. My cushion. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, anyways, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty great. And it's also it's like a real hero moment here. Um, because these manchus go they go way too far with like picking on these kids and trying to cut all their braids. And one of them is actually a little tougher and is standing up to them. That kid and, rules. Yeah. It's really cool. And yeah, then, he's like, my hair will be longer than yours one day. Yeah. Oh dude, that got him. And then, <laughs> um, but the guy's about to actually, about to actually like, kill maybe kill him. And Samo jumps in like right on time. And it's a beautiful little sequence kind of Samo coming to these kids mm-hmm. defense. Yeah. And that's another cool thing. Cause I feel like throughout the whole movie, Samo either completely dominates the people or gets completely wrecked yeah. by the people. Like he doesn't really right, have a, right. He doesn't really have an even fight until the very end of the movie. Uh, that's interesting. I guess that's kind of similar to like the tonal thing. And you know, we're remembering this is his, this is like the first movie that he really gets to steer the whole, mm-hmm. the whole ship on. And in a very short period of time, I mean, I would say like Samo evolves like movie to movie in this period into one of Hong Kong's best action directors. And yeah, you do see him kind of bridging bridging these tones and bridging those kind of character moments, you know, more and more. In his yeah, I like that. You, you actually, yeah, at the beginning when he's uh, fighting against James Tian, the instructor, you get like more of this kind of step-by-step like Shaw Brothers choreography and I wonder if maybe that's intentional especially looking at the fights towards the end of the film and even this sequence here where he's kind of uh tearing up the Manchu in front of this little yeah. uh shop yeah the the choreography here is really creative and yeah yeah he's really showing off like hey like this is how awesome I am mm. so like at the beginning there's this kind of slower step-by-step kind of old-fashioned choreography and then later on you get this so I wonder if maybe that was intentional the other thing that I was thinking is there was a Manchu that I recognized and I was like oh this is a face I know and then I looked it up in um this guy, his name is Yan Shi Quan, and he actually plays uh, Iron Robe in Once Upon a Time in China. Yeah. The kind of antagonist martial artist. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah you get to see him right here. And actually, he's great. For, he has kind yeah. of like a bluish color yes. tunic. Yeah. And it's cool because this is 77, and actually, he doesn't seem like he's aged at all when you see him compared to uh, Once Upon a Time in China. It's like, whoa, this guy like looks almost the same, aside from maybe like little bit of grace mm-hmm. but yeah so yeah, totally. Samuel, well, and also he is uh he plays like the villain in uh iron monkey as well 
Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Yeah, and he's, yep. yeah, super nimble. And like we were mm-hmm. saying with, like, the two different tones, and I forgot, at the very end of this scene, it's like yeah. the two tones jump together because oh, yeah, they, yeah. they Samos, all the other, uh, all the other Manchus run away, but one of them, Samo kind of is, like, messing around with him. He, like, pins him down while the kids are, like, you know, beating him and, like, playing with his, you know, pulling on his uh, braid and stuff. And then Lang from before runs in and stabs him in the heart. <laughs> right. He's like, it's a Manchu. I'm going to kill any Manchu. Yeah. Um, is, is, this, is this that moment you're talking about in the dub? Is this? Uh, I think that is here. Uh, that is here. Yeah. Manchu. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he kills this uh, Manchu. And Samuel's like, whoa, like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, we got to get out of here. So now he's kind of on the run because the Manchu find their fallen uh, comrade and now they're on the hunt for the, yeah. the killer. But they'll just be on the run for a couple minutes because, um, <laughs> yeah, these guys, like, their characters are going to get reintroduced uh, to each other pretty pretty quick. But yeah, the, the Manchus come back. They see their uh, fallen comrade and they're able to they're able to figure out that he works at the at the, the dyer and. That really, it, I love this because this is a, a great like kind of setup for a, a big set piece later because we see like all of the, the big vats and like all of the cloth hanging up to dry uh, while they're, the Manchus are like asking for this guy and the, the, uh, one of the guys looks straight at Liang and, and doesn't even recognize <laughs> him. Know. You see yeah, some faces just... in the crowd too. You see Eric Tsang uh, yeah. who comes up in a lot of Hong Kong cinema and has like deep roots within like Shaw Brothers and stuff like that, and you also see Lam Ching Ying, who we saw in yeah, the last episode. Yeah, and he he worked on. He's also kind of a faceless stuntman in a couple of scenes where you can't, you know, where you can't really make out the performer's face. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I don't know if you get a good look at him here, but you do later in the movie. But uh, Mars is also a stuntman on this yeah. movie. And this next bit I really like because it's Husker, I guess, or. Samo's character uh, talking to Senda and Senda is basically just talking to him about the like the the concept the 36 chamber of Shaolin like the whole we need to <laughs> right. teach the 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 common man how to protect themselves because we need to defend against the Manchus and I don't know I just think it's cool that you're know, seeing the way that different movies interpret the same kind of like story and, and legend yeah it's super interesting yeah especially um, like we're saying that the fact that this comes out before 36 chamber. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think, I think I think this is the moment where yeah, that line like, this the is dub, the moment like, where just, he's like, I just I'm just thinking about my revenge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a little bit where he's like Sanda's criticizing Samuel, like, hey, you know, you always look so sad. Like, you should smile. You should and smile then, more. <laughs> yeah. There's a funny shot of him just turning smiling yeah. to him. That's really good. Yeah, and he gives this very kind of like fake smile. It's like, mm-hmm. that's good enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, here uh, he, intru- without knowing it, he's reintroducing kind of our two two maybe more main characters, uh, the little Hoi Pong character. And Samuel sort of plays it plays it cool he's you know trying to trying not to out this guy yeah a, he's just like i rec- i rec- i met you before not you stabbed a guy right in front of me <laughs> and it's right before he's telling uh samuel's character hey you know i'm trying to teach you to have patience and this and that <laughs> right <laughs> and then he introduces yeah. that dude and it's like oh okay basically patience. the most this hot-headed guy's... guy yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so we've got uh you know 
all three of our main characters together now. And uh, what Sanda tells uh, Samo's character, Luck, is like, hey, now that you're here, uh, we can use you. You can teach the uh, Shuli Dye Works uh, crew the way of Shaolin. So like, they are all like, yay, and then like, let's go out and celebrate. <laughs> and You're like, oh, is it okay if you've killed people? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's fine. Let's have some. It's encouraged. Yeah. So how they celebrate is they go to a very interesting restaurant. And <laughs> this yeah, restaurant... it's, it's almost kind of like a bachelor party kind of vibe. Like they're trying to like pressure Sanda to like get out of his comfort yeah, zone, yeah. i.e. like go to a brothel. Yeah, <laughs> but I would say even before that though, what, what I don't know, maybe oh, yeah, this they're didn't going out come to dinner and stuff yeah. in the dub, but in the subtitled version of the film, they're talking about wow, this meat's so good. Like what's going on? Oh yeah, and no, they're there saying is that. like, hey, this is. They 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 have a menu item. It's called dog and sheep's clothing. And he's like, "Oh, why would they say that?" And he's like, "Well, you don't want to get in trouble, do you?" So you can kind of insinuate that they're not eating uh, common the, meat. In the dub, they yeah. pretty much just straight up say, "This is the best dog meat I've ever had." This is delicious. The finest dog meat in the whole town. Yeah, right. No way. That's like one of the one of the like people next to them says that, but. Or, oh man! Like a yeah, somebody in the chorus or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's they're kind of they're sort of setting up that. Uh, unlike I think we were saying this earlier, but you know the Shaolin monks in Samuel's movie are a little bit more human, a little bit uh, you know not devoid of flaws or temptation or whatever. But right. they basically take the fact that he breaks his sort of vegetarian oath. Uh, they take it maybe a little further than he would think, and so yeah, they do try to. Um, to kind of get him to go into this brothel and um <laughs> at first he ref- <laughs> at first he does refuse um and we have a pretty like colorful kind of scene um on this look on this location mm-hmm. um as kind of the younger guys go in there and samuel's walking around he's like i'm a husker baby like yeah let me <laughs> do my thing um no he's he's kind of this this is that kind of like i would say like that kind of innocent side of Samo. like it's almost like he's imagining what this would be like um <laughs> yeah but it doesn't yeah, quite understand what would, how it would go down we actually get another wuma cameo it seems like yeah. every film we, we cover only get has wuma. wuma in cameos though it's really yeah. interesting mm. yeah. and yeah so wuma's there and he's trying to get with some lady and he ends up uh you know like shacking up and samuel's character is kind of peering in kind of peeping at him and it kind of seems like he's kind of uh feeling what he's looking at because he's kind of embarrassed of whatever might have happened to him physically because of that <laughs> and somebody like kind of walks up to him like hey oh you like what you see huh so i was like wow did we did that just really happen in this movie all right <laughs> man did we lose my no, no, you didn't. Oh. I'm sorry. I got distracted because I was flipping through the the Hong Kong movie database uh, entry for Iron Fist and Monk, and it says that the title literally translates to Three Virtues Buddhist Monks Stimulate Spring. Yeah, so I <laughs> think what stimulate, that actually... Like sex stimulate. It specifically says, i.e. sex, next to it. Right. And um, when I was looking at that, um, it's like... It's like Sanda and Rice Husker Six, but there's some kind of weird um, translation. Like pl- play on words, like or something? yeah. That doesn't really right. translate. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, just I... that name kind of threw me off for a second. Sorry there. <laughs> That's funny. I was like, "What happened?" Um, 
<laughs> no, they um, yeah, they go in and we see that the Manchus are also there and they're kind of you know you know being jerks and 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 everything and. It's kind of interesting because Samo, you know, he kind of actually does take to heart a little bit of Sanda's, I guess, uh, advice about being patient because the right. the Manchus are kind of messed around with him, but he is patient and he just kind of, you know, doesn't fight them and and kind of lets them pick on him and they eventually make him walk through their legs, which I guess is yeah, which is like that's like one of the most degrading insults apparently, apparently like, there's a similar yeah. moment in like uh in drunken master yeah um, yeah when he makes wong fei hung walk through his legs yes the kind of thing it maybe doesn't read that much to an american audience it's like oh yeah that would be like awkward but um <laughs> but it's really like uh would have been seen as really shameful and sanda at this point is wearing this like floppy hat and yeah. he's trying to kind of sneak around he sees this and it's almost like he recognizes it like okay this is a step too far this is ah. this is like too subservient but mm. samo sort of gets the last laugh here because he does crawl through all of their legs but he's kind of like pulling at their like belt strings yeah he, and he, he steals like their belts and their stairs. wallets yeah. and yeah and then it's the great line where he hands it to send and says oh also <laughs> the manchus made a donation to the shaolin monastery <laughs> temple yeah oh yeah great. that's right very nice I, I like that there's also a really like great long zoom in on sanda of him reacting to that like we gotta oh, get yeah. a gif of that it'd be like a perfect reaction gif <laughs> of sanda looking like so appalled at what's happening yeah. and it's like he's wearing that stupid hat <laughs> at the same time it's fine it's very it's like yeah, western totally. hat you know it doesn't look like the other you know hats we've seen so far in the movie yeah it's more like a fedora or yeah. something um yeah so he runs into him outside and he's like i can't believe you like you can't just suffer these insults and he's like samuel's like oh yeah like what you were saying like are you for real and then he's like so happy to just run back in there and beat the crap <laughs> yeah. out of everyone yeah it's cool you've never really seen this kind of beat in a movie where it's like no i'm i'm listening to my master i'm taking the pious route and then <laughs> master's master like no you should have beat them up jump right back into it <laughs> um and this is this is a terrific uh Terrific sequence here. My favorites is near the beginning. He he slaps the Dean Sheck character, and he literally like spins around like it's a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super good. That's, there's this really interesting. Yeah, there's like this interesting pause zoom kind of camera technique where it's like oh, a yeah. zoom, but it's like stopping on every like certain frame. Yeah, it's like holding these frames. It's really, really unexpected. And here's where we get to see Samo really flipping around. Mm-hmm. Like he's doing some really good acrobatics while he's tearing up these dudes. And yeah, yeah totally. we get to see him styling again. He's using tables and, you know, he's doing handsprings. He's doing headstands. It's, yeah, pretty great. So the way that the fight finally ends is he has most of the man shoes like pile it up on the ground. And there's one left standing, and he just kind of <laughs> points and tells him to lay on the on the pile. Well, he does the kind of Bruce Lee, like, come here. Um, yeah. And he does that earlier in the film, too, I mm-hmm. think, at the monastery. And, he, and the guy dutifully just, like, adds himself <laughs> to this pile of guys. Mm-hmm. And Samo gets sort of his, or they get their comeuppance because the group of them then have to crawl under his legs. Mm-hmm. And it's Yeah, it's a cool way to kind of close up the 
sequence mm-hmm. and then I th- um i think yeah. this is the first uh frankensteiner you know what the frankensteiner is like it's a wrestling move where like a, a person flips forward with their legs on the opponent's shoulders and then they flip back tossing the opponent away oh yeah yeah i love that oh move. yeah yeah samo does that and samo does around. that to one of the dudes in this movie <laughs> yeah and the the three heroes kind of uh group back up and and just go on on their way and that's whenever we yeah, I, I love a good evil guys plotting scene. And yeah, they're like, they're like, we got our asses kicked. Yeah, and he's like, ah, uh, I'm gonna call my homies up. Yeah, so yeah. Harkong Foon is like, yeah, don't worry, you you're gonna see who's coming soon. And they're like, oh, really? <laughs> so like, and their plot is going to be so diabolical. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait when you till you get to that part. It's mm-hmm. yeah, my favorite idea in the movie. This is where we like following this. We see Samo training the uh, Shuli Dai Works crew. Yeah, and you see and Mars where, here. Yeah, you see Mars, and also there's a. Uh, you only see him, I think, in the watch shot. But there's a little kid that's following his movements too. If you rewatch it, it's oh, really oh, nice. cool. And yeah. you, the other thing that's funny in this movie is that you see Xiao Ho as like four or five different characters in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Anytime there's a group, or anytime there's like the monks, like he's in there. He's he's more prominent at the end of the movie. He actually performs in some of the fights. But uh, yeah, you see him here practicing with everyone else. And now yeah. you get to see the table roundup of our villains. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Manchu have invited a couple of, I guess, ringers yeah. to help them get revenge of their own on the Shuli Dieworks, who, who they've decided these guys are the guys we got to take out to take control of the town. And there's one man here who's very wild haired. He's got these crazy eyebrows. Kind of looks like I, I don't know like I, I I picture him as like a character we'd see in like Kung Fu Cult Master or something like that. Yeah, sure. Um, and then we also have another character dressed in red who he's like a Mongol, so he's got this kind of bald head with the yeah. short with ponytail, ponytail yeah. and that kind of curly mustache that you kind of and see he's also like a stereotypical th- Mongol. This scene might be why it's like a Category Three. Um, the camera doesn't. It's kind of. Uh, it doesn't like focus in on it or whatever, but there there is some kind of like brief nudity in yeah. the scene because this dude's like a he's just a freaking rapey. Creep. Yeah, he's going after and he's this like girl, feeling up um, this girl, and and yeah. And but then later she's like she's coming to him as though it's like she's his girlfriend. It was just say I I kind of interpreted as as yeah. like his you know like his the the woman that he was with and he was just kind of taking a little too far messing with her at dinner and then. She runs away, but that's when we get introduced to the, I guess, the kind of the unintentional ringer who's, I I love the credit for him is just brother from the capital. A lot of people don't have names (laughs) in this movie. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. For real. But he's played by. So the Mongolian dude. uh, Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. This, this guy that's, that's coming in, the brother is played by, uh, Chu Hung, who we actually saw, I I recognize him. Like, I know this guy. Uh, and he's uh, he played Hao Shi in Broken Oath. He's one of like the four like boss characters basically in the movie that she has to be. <laughs> right, right. Uh, he's he's one of those guys. He has a lot more hair in that movie, but but yeah, he's he's in that. And that was I think that might have been the same year as this. It's pretty close if it's not the same year. Yeah, I think they were kind of shooting around the same mm-hmm. around the same time. But he comes in, but, he's uh, all yeah. he's really mad because they got all like these these ringers, these mercenary people. Yeah, uh, exactly. He's like, I told you one thing. Yeah. It's like basically don't yeah, don't cause like a mess in mm-hmm. the village and 
Yeah, not <laughs> heating it. But yeah, yeah, Chu Hung, he has a great look, like very kind of severe. Mm-hmm, um, very severe. And, and then, you know, uh, you, you, yeah, no, you we got, Marty. So we got, we got to get into the what the, the diabolical plot, yeah. plot is, which is it's <laughs> like, by this point, it's like, oh man, it's this Category 3 movie. It's like there's these really horrific assault sequences and there's like, you know, we know this is like revenge and murder. And then the plot is basically that they're going to put in this big order for red dye and they're going to buy all the red dye from all the other shops. Honestly, it's something that would, that would be tame in like an Arthur or Dora the Explorer (laughs) episode. It's like, Oh, do you have the red dye? Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. And it's like, and meanwhile, these guys are like twirling their mustaches. Yeah, like, They're like, they won't be able him. to make we the red cloth if they him. don't have any dye. <laughs> yeah, oh it's my like, God. you wanted the heavy hitters, like official rapist or whatever yeah. they call it, <laughs> Hong Kong fun. It's like, you called the right guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what's cool is like they, uh, with the help of Samo's character, the dye, this little, like little dye troop. And I love the boss uh, of the the dye company or whatever yeah they yeah they kind of figure out what's uh what's going on and they actually they actually complete the order yeah Um, that's one of my my favorite scenes he's like smoking up he's laying back like looking really cool and they've bundled like probably like i don't know 50 100 packages of these cloth Hmm. um these like dyed red and that shaggy hair dude we're talking about yeah. comes there and he's like, what? No. And he's like ripping all the packages. It's like, no, you completed the order. And it's like, I don't know. It's, it's such a, it's such a cool, like, uh, motivating plot. Mm-hmm. It's some, it somehow works. And I don't, it's weird. It's like, it just makes me love Samo. It's like, who else would be thinking about this is it's like oh this would be really terrible like if this happened to you um but yet we're dwelling like so long in this awful like sexual assault scene it's yeah it's yeah it's no really then yeah that's that's the yeah. thing is because they're basically just like oh well our weird plot didn't work so we're just gonna go over there and beat them all up <laughs> yeah totally but of yeah, course they realize they, that the the has been stolen from their um their home yeah and they're going just to go beat them up and of course, they're like, "Oh, hey, the the person I horribly assaulted has a, a sister. I'm gonna go horribly assault her and kill their mom." Oh man! Yep, and that's uh, this next little bit. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, this is where they also they're also pushing Lo Hoi Pong's acting like to the edge. It's like he has another like really horrible and dramatic scene with his dead wife's body and you know they do that really kind of sickly makeup on her and he's like oh no and then he turns and it's a really short shot but he sees his mother's in the corner and she's dead too oh man yeah this is after the manchu have like kind of this is not like dora the explorer no 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 so the manchu show up at shuli dye works to attack everyone and this is like yeah and it's pretty bloody because yeah, what happens that's what I was going to say is this like the other scenes with you know there you know a lot of people getting beat up but this scene's actually like bloody and you know people getting messed up a lot of the Manchu here are using swords to fight these men and also that kind of wild haired uh, ringer that we've got he's got a weapon that's basically like a ball and chain yeah and um, it's like a distance weapon that he's using yeah. against everyone and uh, yeah whenever he hits anybody you see a lot of blood 
Well, some, I mean, there's like some weird bloody weapons towards the end of uh, Broken Oath also. Mm -hmm. um, right, so right, right. To, yeah. Um, yeah, so Liang here gets pretty badly wounded, but he makes his way like back home. And this is where you were saying, Marty, that we get to see him uh, win his Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. He's... But um, thankfully, he does have... Uh, he does have Husker and Sanda by his side, and you know th there's uh, some other great acting and some great close-ups on uh, Sanda, and they they're kind of determined. It's like, okay, this is this is what we're getting revenge for, mm -hmm. really. And yeah, and they that, don't that... even have to really deliberate it. You know, they look yeah, at each totally. other, and you get this silent agreement between the two, and uh, here we go, man. Yeah, this is. And then yeah, this final <laughs> this is the this is the yeah. most masterful. This is this is the crowning moment because I remember yeah. when I was watching this, I saw like you know Leong has this really sad death scene, vowing you know saying to avenge him, and I was looking at the timer. I'm like, there was only ten minutes left. What are they gonna do in yeah. ten minutes? <laughs> oh, and man. boy, yeah, boy, they, do they, they do a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they show up and they just, you know, bust in the place and there are two couple guards that they take out very quickly. But there's a little detail here that I love is in, okay, in the subtitle version, Sanda, whenever he defeats an opponent, mm -hmm. he says, Buddha oh, yeah. be praised. And yeah. it's just in the so dub, classy. I think they, do, yeah, they do like they a say Buddha, Buddha bless, Buddha bless you. you. Yeah! Buddha bless you. But yeah, it's cool. There's that great line. I know you were calling it out the yeah. other day, Carlos. Uh, when he gets there, it's like, Who the hell are you? And why are you in my home? <laughs> Good question. To administer your last rites. Yeah. Yeah, the subtitle version, he's like, You wish to be worry-free? I'll administer your last rites. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> Hey, oh, you want man, an, a, so a quick route to the next life? I'll be able to do that for mm -hmm. you. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, this awesome. this scene is great. And a call out of uh, a few of the performers uh, we mentioned earlier, uh, Yin Shi Quan, who's wearing more of the blue, and then the person wearing the white. Uh, his name is uh, Chin Yuat Sang, um, mm. and you'll see him in a few things. And he has like these kind of uh, funnier looking like eyebrows and mustache, sort of. Yes. Yeah. Um he's in he's amazing in this and uh, he and Samo's chemistry together. Yeah, this this whole sequence, this is uh, you know, I hadn't I hadn't seen the movie in a few years and after I finished it uh this past week, I just had to go back and watch the final fight mm -hmm. one more time. Oh yeah, um, totally. Uh it also really makes makes me want to just rewatch Magnificent Butcher for the 18th. <laughs> time because dude you that's do... crazy because i did that i i seriously <laughs> oh, like wow. i'm like i wanted because when we did the uh this was one of the ones like so magnificent butcher for us was early in our show oh yeah and uh after a while i tracked down a blu-ray of it and yeah so now i was like oh man i, I gotta watch this now so oh, i went nice. ahead and watched that too because there's this there's these the, really this three-dimensional choreography with action going on in like multiple planes yeah. and you see Sammo get more and more daring as the scene goes on like uh first it's like it's there's this uh kind of one-on-one -on -one, and then the guys alternate who their opponent is and that's amazing and then you have some action where it's like there's sort of a one-on-one -on, -one, um, on one level, and then the camera can kind of see in the foreground another one-on-one, -on -one, and then there's another moment where the camera's moving like in and outside of the the of the of the home. Yeah, and, and um, these like right-to-left pans. Yeah, really, and yeah, the golden harvest 
camera people are like <laughs> so solid. This stuff looks mm-hmm. looks so great. One of my favorite little moments though is when Sammo is facing off against uh, Chin Yuat Song, and he uh, has he has the kind of like makeshift shield. Yeah, um, and. S- Samo's first first is like a one on two, but then eventually Samo gets the spear, and we don't always see Samo like in kind of the weapon choreography. Yeah, but this is such a good. I know he's doing amazing um, stuff. Stretch of fighting. It's what just, I really yeah, love beautiful. about that too is like yeah, it's not just like uh, spear discipline. You also see staff discipline out of that. So he's right, doing right, these kind right. of very uh, bow staff techniques at the same time while he's incorporating these spear attacks. Oh man. It's so good. And I also really love Sanda. Like like we were saying, how burly he looks. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. he's swinging his arms around, it's like, whoa, you get, you get a lot of weight and a lot of volume to all of his attacks, even though maybe his form isn't as clean as some of the sure, other performers sure. in the film. His like build really goes a long way in selling the yeah. techniques he's doing. So there's like some really cool stuff when he's fighting that dude with the ball and chain. And there's some flipping around that uses some doubling. But there's some really cool shots with him chasing Sanda down with that ball and chain. And it's really yeah. high speed, really dramatic. Those are those yeah. are really great. I also is, really like There is there's... some cool undercranking throughout the yeah. series. But I think it's it's really tastefully done. I think it's, the I momentum think it's just of at the, the right fighting, speed. Yeah. yeah, it really, like, the undercranking is fine. Because, like, the momentum so like high while you're watching it you're like yeah this is great i i like there's a little part where he's trying to say buddha bless you and he gets interrupted (laughs) by the mongols attack yeah (laughs) that's really cool and there's this whole movie has tons of amazing both just normal speed and undercranked uh somersaults and and front flips where like these people are just flipping crazy fast and and sometimes I think it's like you can kind of tell that they have a double to do it because mm-hmm. like you'll see him do sure. it and then it just cuts straight to to them landing with a different right, shot. Right. Um, but yeah, this this uh, bit where uh, Sanda is fighting the 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 brother from the capital yeah. that's amazing because they're both kind of doing like that tiger style where like the the like the claws with their hands and it's yeah it's just it's really. It's an amazing kind of payoff from you know all of the from all of the other stuff we've seen in the movie so far. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and there's what's, some what's... hardcore deaths too, man. Oh yeah, like oh, man, the the real. ball and chain guy gets like yeah, he you gets know, gets choked, choked with, with his, his own, own weapon. weapon. Yeah. yeah. This uh the dude in white that you mentioned, he gets stabbed in the chest with the spear. And um yeah, one of my favorites is one of the Manchu goons gets slammed on this table that Sanda had used to defend against some knife attackers. So there's like three knives sticking up out of the table and he slams them down onto the table mm. and it's ruthless. And without a beat, he does the Buddha bless you. It's like, oh my God. Oh, it's so cool. So and there's crazy. also this great, like, it kind of made me think of like Street Fighter 2 where like whenever they beat them, there's oh, like yes, this kind of... Yeah, it's like this echoed. Whenever you make your final blow, yeah, yeah, that goes so far in this film. Like it just, I like, yeah. The first time that happened, I said, "Wow!" out loud. (laughs) I was like, "This is awesome!" It's just really cool. cool. Yeah. So now, finally, like after they take out all these goons, Sanda and the 
Hawker or Husker, like we were saying, fight uh, Harkon Fung and, you know, his brother. And Harkon Fung has this fan at first, but he ends up using Mantis style, which is really cool to see. And like uh, you said, Matthew, like we've got some tiger style going on, too. And now we get Xiao Ho and another man. They're like kind of like the brothers guards. And they're using like these swords that are kind of like shorter versions of Guandao, which is the long staff with the blade at the end and the choreography here is just stunning because they keep alternating yeah it reminds me of the there's some great choreography in the beginning of uh uh born invincible which is a a movie like oh uh, general ping the choreography to carter wong thing yeah there's a similar kind of alternating thing um but yeah this is just amazing what i love about this final sequence is this is samuel's first film but i actually think this fight is really representative of of Samo, um, kind mm-hmm. of at any point in his career, it's like there's so much power in the movement, and it has a, it, but it also has this, uh, you know, mix of the acrobatic and it incorporates like actual forms. It's fast, it's strong, it's fun, uh, entertaining. Yeah, I don't know, it's great, and I feel like this is, um, it's showing a little bit of what he might imagine possible, and so. In just a couple of years, when he and Yun Wuping get to partner together on the choreography, you get that master. To me, it's still my favorite, my favorite choreographed scene in anything, which is that scene in the middle of Magnificent Butcher, where it's kind of taking this idea of the mul- multiple planes of fighting like, yes. to almost yeah. as far as it could go. I still do think about that <laughs> that <laughs> one shot that you mentioned in our episode, where it's like this burst of like f- maybe five or seven seconds. Of four people choreographed together, <laughs> yeah. Lang Ching Ying and all these guys. It's it's so yeah. good. It's really oh, good. Man. This yeah. fight scene in like the final blow in the scene is one of my oh, favorite man. like finishing bits from any oh, fight dude, we've watched. Yeah. Where Sanda does this split uh between the the official and his brother, uh while Hawker does like this final like stab, like jab in the in the heart. And he just has this doing this amazing split while he's like gouging the guy's eyes out. And there's this great like two or three second shot where it's just them holding that position. And there's crazy music going on. It's amazing. And there's some what rough there's some rough practical effects too with like the the guy's eyes being gouged out. Oh dude, yeah, that's <laughs> brutal. Yeah. Yeah. This meaty, like muscly yeah. makeup. It kind of made me think of the uh, uh, from last episode, the 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 ghost lady, like how she had the, all the gross makeup on her on her face. Oh yeah, kind of like that similar. Yeah. Oh yeah, similar yeah, energy. just like like when she re- when they like her true form yeah was yeah revealed mm-hmm. or whatever. And yeah, and we do get a freeze frame, but it's not a goofy freeze frame. It's the the two of them walking away while the guy with the gouged out eyes is like feeling around to feel see where they are. It's yeah, brutal. Yeah, he's blind. He's not knocked out. He's still kind of just mm-hmm. struggling to, I guess, deal with this injury. Yeah. And they're all beaten up. And uh, we get another, like, Buddha be praised. And mm-hmm. they're making their way out. <laughs> right. Crazy yeah. See, stuff, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, this this movie is oh, a ton man. of fun. Like, obviously, there's, you know, some problematic stuff in the middle there. But, like, it genuinely is sure. worth it for that that final 10 minutes 
Yeah, totally. And it's also, it's not problematic in the way of like, like, oh, in our culture, people don't like rip chickens' heads off Yeah, a movie. That's it's true. like, I mean, there being brutal stories of characters that you care about being assaulted and being raped. I mean, that's something throughout fiction of all cultures, you know. But yeah, it's, it's, there are some definitely problematic moments in terms of like tone and kind of what we linger on and what we <laughs> like jump to really quickly. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what a confident debut film. For real. Right? I mean, oh man. Gosh. Like yeah. there is, I don't, I guess I don't know too many directors just off the top, like their filmographies off the top of my head, but I feel like there are very few directors where the first film that they do is something this, you know, explosive, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I don't know why, but for some reason, I pictured Steven Spielberg doing Hungar style. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be cool. <laughs> but yeah, it would be like if. Yeah, it's funny. It's like if you think of like. What's the first movie uh, that that Spielberg directed? Like, I don't know off the top of my head. I think, it was Am- I think it was called Amblin. Which that's right. I that's was right. Short. Yeah. Amblin Entertainment. But it's it would be like it would be like, like hit, if the hitchhikers. first movie he directed was like Close Encounters or something, where it's like yeah, totally. It's like pretty much everything I mean, you, I, you will come to expect from him, right. just not quite as refined. But I, I've got to I got to shout out my man Yuen Wu Ping, who is the first episode of our podcast and the first movie he ever directed, Snaking the Eagle's Shadows. I for me like one oh, of the most oh, that's perfect the first movie he directed. I didn't know that. Yeah. Dang. So it's. It's crazy. I mean, but in both of these cases, I mean, these are hardworking guys that really know the business and really know really know movies, um, and yeah, make a make a giant impact on kind of changing the culture of action cinema. And it's yeah, I'm so excited for this for this arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like we're saying, like Samuel Hung only gets more confident from here, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, I just love being able to kind of spotlight on this on this guy. It's funny. It's as famous of a star as he is in Hong Kong. It's I. I still sort of feel like he's like an underrated. Figure. Oh yeah, I totally see that too. And yeah. I feel like it's whenever, like... of course, I've mentioned before on the podcast, I first encountered Sam Hung in the horribly cheesy, <laughs> in the best way, possible, in the horribly man. cheesy oh, '90s man. show uh, Martial Law, which I'm sure we'll watch at some point. But um, oh, dude, I, I miss a world in which martial law gets green. Yeah, for real. <laughs> TV. Samuel Hung and Arsenio Hall together at last. But yeah, man. Um, but again, that was Samo was like, like I knew him just as well as I knew Jackie Chan. And it's you know nowadays, I feel like everyone knows Jackie Chan, but Samo definitely doesn't get as much as much play. Thinking right. about it, I I think for me, I think the first time I saw Samo was. Project Eight. I'm not oh, sure. positive that was for me, but but I definitely feel like yeah, like you're saying. I knew Jackie Chan, so I'm like, I gotta watch all these movies. Oh, who's this guy? This guy's amazing too. So then, you know, then I knew who Samuel was. Yeah, but well, yeah, and also and also too, it's like, um, I mean, I've heard several people arguing like Samuel gets the best performances out of Jackie. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and I think a lot of us look at the jackie's fight with benny and wheels on meals is maybe his like his best like combat moment on screen ever you know it's up there um and and that's a that's a great combination of his big big brother pushing him and he will kind of do whatever he says and then benny and jackie really kind of starting to get to like each other and push each other and yeah it's so great yeah this is a great start yeah i'm definitely looking forward to the to the rest of them 
Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, then you can leave a review on your podcast or choice. So whatever you're listening to this on, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Heroes, the number three podcast on all of them. Thank you so much to the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit if you're checking us out from there. And uh, I think Marty was the one that chose for training for next week, or we'll, was it Carlos? We'll let Marty. I, try. I, I let Marty do this. Oh, I think we. I think we had a totally parallel gotcha. thinking. Oh, well, yeah, Marty, what's our um, training yeah. for so, next week? Yeah, so next week's film is arguably Samuel's masterpiece movie, which is called uh, The Prodigal Son. It came out in 1981, and is our lead. It's our favorite, our beloved Yuen Biu. Yeah, and this is. Uh, a great kind of Wing Chun-centered story. Samuel plays more of a supporting role in this movie, but... Um, but directed Really, it. yeah, really mature, balanced filmmaking. Um, yeah, this is a this is a kung fu must-see, and yeah, can't wait. Mm-hmm. And it's also it's on great. Amazon, so... Yeah, totally. So until next week, where we're taking a look at The Prodigal Son, I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers podcast.